Welcome to All's Pimentos Podcast. I'm with the band Tearjerker and speaking with... Mick and Brent. What's going on, guys? It's been a long time trying to get this thing going, eh? Yeah, for sure, man. It's yeah. been a bit of a fucking nightmare, really, hasn't it? Well, <laughs> it, it's a good nightmare. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm okay with it. Out. Yeah, we're here now. So how did the band all start, guys? Um, it was kind of it was the fallout of uh, a few different bands that was going on pre uh, COVID. Um, right. Tear Jerker was always a kind of just an idea that me and one of the one of the other guys, the the guitarist Jagger. We had we, we just always spoke about it because we've both been in the like more melodic kind of nineties style hardcore, um, but we were never actually playing that music, um, and it just I don't know it was it was an idea that ended up coming to uh, fruition through is that the right word fruition? yeah it's good yeah fruition. let's do that one yeah fruition yeah. Uh, I'll let Brent touch on that one. He's got a better. He's got a better. He's got, I'm, I'm so fucking shit at talking, man. Like this is what I was. I was so worried about this podcast because I was like, me and me and Sean are going to talk, and he's going to be talking because I'm so bad at talking. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll 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 fill in for the subtitles, Sean. So basically, what Michael's trying to say is, uh, we're formed in I think the October of 2021. Um, was it 21? It's 2021. Oh, I thought it was 2018. Nah, 2021. 2019. 2021, man. Just I said 2019. Nah, man. COVID was 2020. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Done, so we, we, we basically we came to the back end of one of our last lockdowns in the UK. Um, and, and Michael, uh, I've been previously living down in London for like five years, and, and Michael had always reached out to me and said, "Look, if you ever move back up to the uh, to, to the North East, we're we're going to need to basically get a band on the go together." And, and, and him and Jagger had kind of came up with this idea of, of putting something together. Um, and he said, "Do you know? Do you, do you want to come and play drums?" And I was like, "Well, Michael, I, I've been behind the, the drums in about sixteen years." He was like, "Nah, you'll be fine at it, man. Just just come and play, and we'll see how it goes." So we rocked up. Just with the intention of getting out of the house, man. Just just an excuse to kind of meet up as, as buddies and, and have a few drinks together and, and just play some music. And we first started off with um, one of the tracks that became one of our kind of singles on the album called Love Being Alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we, we came about practicing that just as our first kind of go-to uh, song. And, and, and everything just kind of gelled from there on. And then we were like, you know what, this this is sound really good. Like, we, we wouldn't mind recording two singles in, in the recording studio and just seeing how we sound, you know, like just hearing what would, would be like played back to ourselves. And then we went out, did that. And um, we really loved it. And, and Michael took it upon himself to, you know, reach out. And, and, and we, we basically put it online, the two singles. So we put Done and Dusted and Love Being Alone out on online yeah um and then michael reached out to uh graham phyllis kirk from little rocket records um and and uh, graham from leatherface um 
and yeah he, he basically just snapped us up straight away man he was like look guys take that shit offline <laughs> we want to make a deal with you you know we, we, we've been looking for a band that we can champion in the North East for some time now and, and we think you, you guys have got the right outfit for it so we kind of went in for a meeting with Graham um and yeah he basically just sat us down and kind of promised the, the world as it was to us and he was like you know if you can go away and write an album we're more than happy to kind of put it out on vinyl and say where it goes from there so get an album together and come back and we'll talk in like six months seven months time or whatever it was and then um, yeah the way it transpired is we, we just went away and got right to work and then roughly around about eight months later we went into the recording studio and recorded the 11 tracks that are, that are now on the album um and the rest is history, pretty much. So that, that, that's where we are at the moment. Yeah. yeah. So I I heard one of you guys through uh, uh, Be Fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're playing a gig with them shortly in uh, Oldham uh, in Manchester. I think it's in March this year. Yeah. And then uh, he talked really highly of you guys, uh, Davy, right? Dickie. No. Dicky, Dicky, Dicky. Yeah, fuck yeah, my yeah, life, Dickie. Uh, Dickie. Um, and then uh, he talked. Uh, he talked really highly of you guys. He's like, you got, you have to check out this band Tearjerker. They're fucking insane. And so then I went on Spotify, and there was only the two singles out here in Canada. And so then I went to. Then I went. What's that? Done and dusted and love being alone. Yeah, love being alone's a fucking killer track. And then I downloaded or I bought the album off of uh, Bandcamp, and I try oh, and I tried to buy the uh, tried to buy the vinyl, but you guys are all sold out. We are. Yeah, we, we sold out. Actually, it was, it was a bit of a shock to us because um, when we first kind of uh, laid the groundwork with um, Graham, mm-hmm. he was kind of. I, I wouldn't say skeptic, but he was kind. Of, he had his own reservations, and he was a bit like, you yeah, know, nobody knew. Who no, we were. no one knew who we were, you know. And he, and he was like, well, you know, see how it goes, you know. And then I think it was something like we released our uh, debut on the third of November, and not even seven days later, I think it was something like five or six days later, it all sold out online. <laughs> well, like, no, wow, I, yeah, you obviously know. you guys are doing something fucking good, right? Like, come on now. <laughs> Well, Sean, Sean, where did you try? Where did you try and buy it from? Did you try and buy it from the little rocket? No, I, I tried to buy it from uh, fucking Bandcamp. Yeah, well, you may still be able to get a Ooh. copy because um, we actually did the release between two record labels. So it was between Little Rocket Records, which is based in the UK. And sell, sell the heart, heart records in yeah. Berkeley, California. Yeah, sell the heart in California. Right. So the I do I do believe that sell the heart do still have some copies of the vinyl. Well, that's fucking great news, and it's like Christmas <laughs> over here. Um, so we're the and band. We're get it from California than the UK. I imagine for you. Yeah, a little bit cheaper. Yeah, I don't know, Jennifer. What do you think? Probably. She says yes. Well, there you go, Jennifer Sampton did, so you better get your bank, your bank card out. And, and, and the beautiful fiancé is always right, right, Sean? Yes, guys. My fiancé is always right. Absolutely. Um, so where'd the band name come from? Michael. Um, to be honest. Because um, we, we were originally yeah, yeah. what we called the, the 
to your jerks. It was a joke. It was a joke, really, between between me and Jagger, because yeah. we said we want we wanted to write some more meaningful, more melodic, more emotive, emotive songs. So we were like, well, you know, why don't we just write some tear jerk songs? You know. Oh, um, there you go, a little so emo we, there. Yeah. So then <laughs> we were like, oh, so how about why don't we call ourselves the Tear Jerks? And it was like, I really like no no offense to any band who has the before their name, but I don't like the names. So I was like, well, how about we change it to Tear Jerker? And basically that's that's what it was that's that's where it came from so tear jerker of the tear jerks yeah no um i think it's a better name as well i I mean there is a band from your uh, from your from your region uh from from canada called tear jerker but i I do believe that they have stopped yeah i think i think they're uh, defunct right now um i don't think they have anything on spotify but um, that's a good thing for us because that means no lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so you guys do a lot of shows over there too, yeah? Uh, yeah. Um, well, in the in the last year, we probably played twelve, fifteen gigs. I mean, we kind of came, like I say, we came from nothing did a couple of shows um we were always like kind of the the open up act um then obviously started releasing some music getting a little bit of traction behind ourselves getting a bit people talking about us and then once the album came out we did our own um like launch show um which we were blown away with the response um so we booked there's there's a there's a brewery from Sunderland um, called Volks Brewery. There's um, there's quite a bit of history behind it. Like it was shut down. Fucking when was it? Like when was it shut down? It shut down in the, the mid nineties. I think it was around about ninety six, ninety seven. But it was, it was kind of um, it, it was kind of idiosyncratic with some. Uh, when you think of Sunderland, you, you know, everything think of ship, shipbuilding. Uh, or the other coal mines, and obviously Margaret, Margaret Thatcher saw <laughs> put it put it stop to all of that. Um, it sounded like a rebirth. But, but yeah, it? so I, I think the way with Volks Brewery went was uh, there was a couple of guys who wanted to start out um, brewing their own beer, and, and they very cleverly went around buying and purchasing the name and the rights to the name of Volks Brewery, but they didn't buy any of the recipes of the brewery. So they are operating under the name of Volks Brewery, but they're kind of producing their own recipes and their own beers. Um, and they've got like this little... Um, uh, it's a tap room, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a tap room. Um, and our friend, our, one of our best friends, our childhood friends, Ethan Foster, he just shout so happens to shout out Ethan Foster. But yeah, he just so happens to be the manager of the place, and we were struggling to find a venue basically to, to host and showcase this this uh, album launch. And uh, Ethan just turned around straight away, and he was like, "Look, man, like you can do it here for free, you know? Like we will happily put you on." So we were like, "Yeah, that, that sounds good." And uh, the only thing with Forks Brew is it's over like the north side of the river, so I know you definitely not familiar with Sunderland but the north and the south everything that is in town is on the south side of the river so we were kind of thinking oh god we're going to be hard pushed to get a crowd here over the north side you know like 
I, I honestly felt like we were going to be playing or maybe a crowd of 10 people. And then, um, you know, the doors, it was like seven o'clock doors open. And then, you know, we had like five stragglers come in and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be shit. And then uh, fast forward like two hours later, man, we packed the place out and I think we sold every record that we had there at the time and made a shed load of money and uh, everyone to this day still rants and raves about it being one of our best gigs to date. So, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a real success. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, so how many people do you think were in there? Like maybe 100 or... Easily. I would say about 150. I mean, it was it's a fairly small venue to be fair. So. It was yeah. it was at least capacity plus. Yeah, it was definitely capacity plus. Yeah, like there was more people in there that than they should have been. <laughs> but like, I, I don't want to time over in Canada, Sean. But like, um, you know, the, the music scene in in, in Sunday, it's very much alive and kicking. But you know, when you come to winter and then cold nights, and you try to draft people along the gigs, it can, it can feel like a bit of an exercise for some people to kind of pay the the transport and it's just such the, a compliment the, the yeah it? yeah we, 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 were all, we, we were completely humbled basically at the end of the day that everyone would come out just to just to see us you know it was, so that it was, was, it was, it was an amazing support. thing yeah it was support yeah I know I, I, that's the thing too is like the music speaks for itself too like I've been I've been fucking promoting you guys like on the podcast like a bunch a bunch of guys like I had uh, do you guys know the band the Cancer Bats Yes, yes. Yeah, so I had Scott Middleton on today. He runs a, a, a recording studio out in Belleville, Ontario. And he's like, what band you listen to? I said, fucking Tearjerker. And there's another band in uh, Western uh, Western Canada called One of Us. Um, yeah. They're really good, too. But, like, even, like, I'm surprised you guys aren't bigger than what you are, to be honest with you, because the fucking, the album's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know? Like, it's. I was just gonna. I was about to say something. So, I think. I think me and Brent, um, we both suffer. Are, are you familiar with the term imposter syndrome? Yeah. So, I think the two of us kind of really suffer with that, you know. So, kind of, we're not really. We can't believe like the way that it's been received and the things that are happening off the back of just these songs that we put out. You know, like I mean, we've been sat on these songs for months and months and months and a year, you know, two years, and then we put them out and we were kind of, we were kind of already sick of the songs before the album came out, you know, um, and then for for the reception that we've had, like. We just kind of sat here like fuck, you know. Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> no, dude. It's like, like, stop being humble about it. It's a fucking great record. Oh, cheers, man! Awesome. Uh, coincidentally, I've, me and my wife uh, just wrote a song for the Tearjerker Two called "Imposter Syndrome," kind of touching on on that. <laughs> oh yeah does uh, does your uh, fiance uh, or wife wife or fiance? Uh, wife, yeah. yeah, wife. yeah. Uh, does she play as well or no? She doesn't, but uh, she kind of she's she's kind of acting as um, on, unofficial unofficial ghostwriter because I've been suffering so bad with some writer's block, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can write. 
I can write the guitar parts, I can write some melodies or whatever, but then I can turn around to, to my wife, Emma, and be like, come help me out with this. And yeah. then she'll just knock it out the fucking park with lyrics and a melody, and I'm like, fuck, man. Like, <laughs> as soon as the guy find out that you rule this, I'm getting kicked out of this fucking band. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking funny. It's true. Dude. Yo, it's true. Yeah, there you go. Um, so do you guys, uh, have any plan? Would you guys ever like, uh, like if the opportunity ever came up, would you ever come over here and, and, uh, do it? Uh, million percent. We would absolutely, absolutely love to. I mean, on a quick segue, Sean, when, when we first, um, got together with, with Phil, uh, with Graham from Little Rock Records, I, I didn't really have a, a great deal of understanding about Graham's history and whatnot and, and Michael oh, with a, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't know how much you actually know about Little Rocket uh, Little Rocket and all that but I know that they have a they have a greater reach out in in the likes of of Canada and the US Fest than they do over here so uh, have you heard of Pooza Fest? Yeah I have yeah in Montreal yeah so I think Graham has a, a lot of strings attached to that and, and, and like Michael said to me he was like oh man you know the, the way this band's going we're definitely on track to eventually hopefully get a gig and kind of I was like you fucking you know you, you're kidding me you know is this gonna happen yeah. like, nah that's not gonna happen and then fast forward you know 12 months or so and then um, you know we're, we're getting off of gigs here there and everywhere at the moment but it definitely Canada would be an absolute dream to, to, to all of us, I think. Well, I think if you guys did Pooza Fest in Montreal, you guys would fucking blow up, man. I mean, we did we did get offered one gig uh, stateside, but we, unfortunately, we've had to turn it down just because of logistics, um because it was only one gig, you know, and it's, yeah. it, you know, it would have been so expensive. Just well, even just to fly over to and just to do one gig and fly back, right? Like, what's, yeah, yeah. what's, so what's I think the point? The plan is, hopefully, for, like, maybe next year or the year after, once we've maybe got album two out, or at least a couple of singles from album two out, and potentially, I'm going to say more than likely, a repress of album one yeah um then we can probably think about coming out stateside or canada and 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 hopefully have like you know maybe three four five six ten dates behind us on that well, to then, make it worth it you know? yeah exactly that would be worth it too um so what's uh both of you uh you can go separately what got you into playing music brent i'll let you go because you got me into playing music. Wow, really? That, that's a that's a statement of intent. Um, f- for me, Sean, this is this is a, this is a really funny anecdote. Well, funny, ha ha. Uh, so uh, back in the UK, back in the early noughties, there was a show called Pop Stars. It yeah. was pretty much the embryonic kind of blueprint for the likes of the X Factor and. Britain's Got Talent or America's Got Talent, that kind of thing, right? And it was all based on, you know, this reality show where they put, like, people against each other and they'd sing and then they'd be, you know, get through 
stages and stages and then they eventually got put together as a group and you know they made number one or whatever and I was so infatuated with this as a young kid I was like 10 years old and I was like I was so absolutely gobsmacked by this and I remember asking my mum my worked at like a uh, like a white goods store so she like you know she sold like washing machines and uh, CD players and, and stuff like that and, and yeah. I remember saying I think, can you get a hold of a microphone and she was like yeah 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 son I'll bring, I'll bring you one of those so I was like yeah yeah great and then I remember like being in my in my uh, in my bedroom on my bed, reciting like Backstreet Boys, <laughs> and I think my dad came in one day and he was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" What, what, what are you doing? And I was like, uh, well, "I just, you know, I, 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 well, first things first, son." He was like, "If you really want to go the distance in music, he went, you need to learn to play a musical instrument." And I was like, "Right, okay." It was like a new concept to me. I'd never even, you know, I come from a kind of working class background. I never even thought about, you know, the, the possibility of being able to learn to play an instrument. It was kind of far beyond me at that time. And um, he basically turned around and says, yeah, yeah, you need to learn to play an instrument. Like, Why don't you try and learn piano? And I was like, piano? You know, at such a young, immature age, not knowing how great piano is you know like i would have loved to have learned piano now we're, we're all and i was like nah man if, if anything i want to learn to play guitar <laughs> he was yeah. like, okay okay so my dad um you know he was a great advocate for it and he, he looked up in what we used to call the, the ad mark it's basically like a yellow pages for x directly kind of secondhand stuff so it's like kind of before the uh, the rise of Gumtree. I don't know if you have Gumtree in Canada, but basically Gumtree is where you kind of go online, you sell second-hand, your, your second-hand goods. Oh, yeah, so okay. Yeah, yeah. It, was all, it was all back in the day when this was all kind of in, in, in on, on black and white and on paper and, and like a catalogue, if you like. And um, my dad basically said, okay, well, this, this guy is selling a guitar in, you know, somewhere in Morpeth in the northeast of England. He went, well, we'll, we'll check that out. So we went and turned up this guy, I think, I think he basically gambled away all of his money. He was selling his his, his loved possessions, and um, he was selling his, his Fender Stratocaster. And my dad bought it for me at the time. And um, my dad plugged it in, in the kitchen, and like he, he basically played uh, Deep Purple Smoke on the water. And, and, and he, he couldn't play guitar for shit, but he clearly learned this riff as a kid. And, like, he wowed me like bam, 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 bam. And me and my mates were just stood in awe in the kitchen, like, what this guy out fucking rock star. My dad can play guitar, this is amazing. And it just kind of <laughs> hit me from there on. I was just like, nah, I need to go away and fucking study this. So I think my dad got me like two guitar lessons, and this guy came in and he's like, okay, Brent, so today we're going to learn all about the circle of fifths. And I'm like, uh, you know I don't speak Spanish in English, yeah. please. <laughs> and he's, he's like trying to teach me all this theory and shit. And I was like, look, man, I just want to learn to play "Wish You Were Here" by Pink Floyd. Can you show me how? And he's like, Brent, there's the easy way and there's the hard way. And the way you're going, you're going to go for the lazy way. And I was like, well, oh, look, fuck you, man. I just wanted to play power chords, so I started getting into like what we have in the UK. It was called Total Magazine. Yeah, yeah, you used yeah. to get the CD. You used to get the CD with the magazine and have all the tablature on the uh, on the pages and you could like listen and play along so i kind of had my foundation in that and then it, one thing went from another and then fast forward a couple of years uh me and michael were in the same secondary school together and uh, there was a battle of the bands uh, that was coming up it was like the first time ever in its history so we came from like a very kind of sports driven 
secondary school, you know, all they cared about was sports, soccer, rugby, uh, rugby you know, rugby you, you, you name man. it, you know, cross country. And this music thing was like a really new concept, and we were like, hey, hey, we, we should do something. And I remember there was the music rooms, we all used to kind of congregate there on a, on a break time, and, and we'd just pick up instruments and just fuck around, man, you know? And like, I, I remember there was a drum kit then, I was like, okay, fucking loud, boom, psh, boom, psh. And I think we were all getting into the Ramones at the time, and anyway, fast forward a few more weeks, and um, a couple of guys were like, I think it was, it was Adam Lynn, our old bass player from the first band we were ever in together, and this is how we came together. And he was like, look, let's enter this battle of the bands. Like, I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And he's like, oh, what am I going to do? And he's like, well, you play drums. And I was like, but I'm a guitarist. He's like, no, 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 I've seen you play the drums. I'm like, I can't play the fucking drums. He's like, no, no, I've seen you play it. You can do That's a fucking Ramones drum beat. You can do it. I was like, right, okay. And then um, we ended up, Playing this battle of the bands, doing Blitzkrieg Bop as our uh, as our piece, and we ended up winning. <laughs> oh no way! Like six or seven bands went wrong. Why did I end up being the singer for that band? Because you wanted to get out of math class. I didn't, I didn't want to go, to, go to math. So I'm like, hey, can I can I think be a band? <laughs> so drafted in Michael, and then we uh, we went on this little kind of adventure of being the youngest band in Sunderland. I think at the time we were like fourteen year olds. But we were playing clubs uh, and, and late night pubs and stuff where they were kind of like, okay, you can play. But you can't drink. But alcohol. you can't drink alcohol. <laughs> and as soon as you finish your set, you need to fuck off. <laughs> so is your mum and dad here to pick you up? <laughs> yeah. So we were effectively playing these gigs for free, not getting paid, dragging in quite a sizable audience. And then being told to kind of kindly fuck off at the end. So that was our kind of first experience of like being in a band together. And then I think ever since then, man, we just went from, you know, strength to strength. We, we've just always been so passionate about it. That, that's, that's where it came from for me, just being into really good music. I mean, I grew up, like my first ever gig I went to was uh, Green Day, 2002 at Newcastle Arena. They were doing the International Super Hits Tour and it just fucking blew my mind, man. It was like to see such a, a, a band and such a fan base on that scale, especially when you feel like you're a minority or you're you're a part, you feel like you're a part of something. So over here, no, uh, yeah, yeah, of course, man. But like, you know, when we were growing up in the UK, like over here, you know, we, we were pushing boundaries. We we were all skateboarders, so we were all hanging out. We were all skaters, so it kind of fit very aptly with that kind of Blink One Eight Two Green Day kind of vibe. Um, and basically, we. We were like kind of. I honestly think we were, we were carving out a pathway for, for, for future generations. You know what I mean? Like, I like to think so. you know. And um, yeah, to this day, man, it's just sort of something that we've always been passionate about. And then from then on, me and Michael have kind of always been extremely passionate about music. And then, yeah, like I say, fast forward sixteen years later or something, I fell out of love with music. Born on Michael. Um, saw that I was moving back up from London. He was like, hey, man, I'm starting this band. Do you want to come and drum for me? And I was like, yeah, man, let's do it. And the rest is history so far. So <laughs> that's my take on it. Anyway, sorry, Sean, that was a bit overdone. No, it's all good, man. It was fucking great. Um, me, I would say, well, obviously, I was I was part of that whole thing that, that Brent just spoke about. Um, but my dad would probably be I would say you know for me um, he's going to fucking love that and all like my dad he's like oh look you've given us a shout out on the, on the fucking podcast but uh, yeah um, <laughs> every, 
everything he everything he kind of listened to, you know. Um, so my my choice style of punk music that I go to is like nineties UK punk rock, like. Mm. You can't pay it for me, like so. You've got like I don't I don't know whether you're f- familiar with Leatherface, but yeah, the Leatherface is fucking wicked. Yeah, so Leatherface, like my all-time favorite band. But then you've got like China Drum, you've got the Wild Hearts, like the list goes on. You know, Red Alert. Yeah, well, it's see, Red Alert is Sunland, and it's a totally different style of music. I, but, I'm gonna stop you yeah, guys there like, for a minute. Sorry, are you guys having a pint right now? Are we having a pint? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay, well, I will join you. Hold on. Yes, do that. Okay. Let me hear the crap, man. Yeah, I'll fucking rain. Let's go. Wait, what time is it day now? It's fucking 10 o'clock, isn't it? No, it's no, 10 no, o'clock. Like, 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 yes. 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 Yeah, so basically, like, um, I mean, I, I, I kind of grew up just listening to what my dad was listening to. Kind of never really, honestly, honestly, I, I'm going to be honest, um, kind of never really gave a shit. You know, I was like, oh, you know, my dad's listening to this. Um, but then fast forward, I got a little bit older and I wanted to learn how to play guitar. But I was always interested in playing bass first. So yeah. my dad as a bass guitar taught us how to play a few uh, bass lines I think the first bass line my dad ever taught us how to play was When I Come Around by Green Day that was the first time I learned to sing and play ding, 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 yeah. yeah so my dad like taught us how to play that you know and then from there I I, I taught myself how to play guitar Um but then I've reverted backwards anyway, and I've, I'm the bass player in Tear Jagger and, and, and the singer. Um, you do. Well, thank you very much. But yeah, like, <laughs> I, 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 I think I enjoy, I think, I think I enjoy playing the bass a lot more than I do playing the guitar. It's um, a lot easier because like you, uh, you just follow the drums, right? You really don't have to know how to play. Fuck you, man! I love it. Well, do you know what? You know, like I always, I always feel really worried when people watch us because I'm, I'm not gonna, I am gonna be a little bit uh, like big-headed here. I am quite a good bass player, right? But when we're playing bass, when I'm playing bass and singing. Yeah, you can't do you can't do the the, the intricate bass lines. No, you can't. You have to play with a pick. Yeah, so I end up I end up just playing normal like root note kind of bass lines, and then as soon as there's a little break in the vocals, I'll maybe put like a little. Yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah, about it. You you get kind of pissed off about how basic it sounds on the album, and like Michael's always like, oh, I could sound so much fucking better. And, you know, like he knows he can do better, but I'm like, nah, man, that sounds fucking good. Yeah. So I wouldn't wait for what it is, but he's always like, nah, but it could, it could sound. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to record something on the album that you couldn't do that live. I couldn't perform live. So I just do everything that I can do live on the recording because it would, it wouldn't make sense to to put some kind of fucking mad bass lines and like loads of intricate fucking bass fills and stuff 
if I'm not going to be able to do it when I'm playing live because that'll just disappoint people and I, and I don't want to disappoint anybody so yeah. that's where that's where I'm at um so so Green Day um is an influence for you guys um can you definitely come in Brent yeah 100% yeah. I'm Frenchy. I'm Jagger. Yeah, yeah. So yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Sorry, mate. That took me a long time to get to that. But yes, yes. <laughs> you, you know, it's just because I didn't. I never ever put the. I never connected the dots. Yeah. And then when you've said that, I was like, well, yeah, it was for me. Yeah, right. it was for Brent. And fucking Frenchy loves Grandy, and fuck me, Jagger loves Grandy too. So he's sure busy had to cross all the T's and dot the lowercase J's. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so both of you, what are your top three bands that you're listening to right now? Right now, I don't know whether I can access my, if I press this button, right, if, if we get caught off right now, I apologize. No, no, I hope not. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm right yeah, here, dude. Right. So for me, um, I've just found a band today from the nineties, <laughs> shock, um, the called, mad uh, no, the called Mega City Four, right? And the album is called Magic Bullets, and it's fucking fantastic. Um, okay. Because it it sounds a lot like uh, China Drum, which which are a band from uh, Northumberland, yeah, uh, in in the UK. Um, then I would say another band number two would be let me find out for you um uh do you know leatherface is going to be in there because it's always a number one like yeah. I, I always if, if if i don't know what i want to listen to i always i always go with leatherface yeah um, and then band three is a hard one do you know it's another band from sunland and you should maybe try and uh reach out and have a little word with them because the fuck no no I mean I, you, you've said dead wet things now dead wet things are brilliant and you should talk to them too but the the, the third band is a band called Diaz Brothers from yeah. from Sunderland yeah um, Dickie was talking about them yeah they're the four, so they're, they're basically the the remnants of um, a band called HDQ okay um, so HDQ was um, Dickie Hammond's band mm -hmm. from from Leatherface, right? But when when he dies tragically, yeah. um, the band wanted to kind of continue on, like you know, in 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 tribute and like um, in memory of. But but they didn't think that it would be respectful to carry on the name HDQ. So the, the, the kind of, you know, did like a fresh start, changed the name uh, to Diaz Brothers. Um, th they did do a couple of gigs where they, they, they played a few HDQ songs and stuff like that. But now, now, they're, now they're just a totally rebranded um, new band. Um, any, any fans of HDQ listening now, like, honestly, if you haven't listened to Diaz Brothers, Listen to the Diaz Brothers self-titled album. It will fucking blow your mind. Um, another band I'm uh, rocking right now is uh, Sunliner. Sunliner, yes. Yeah, yes, they're, they're, they pretty, do. they're uh, pretty good. Kind of just getting introduced into it, but I'm, I'm listening too. 
for, for me for me personally, John, um, I'm a I'm a stickler for my for my old favourites, so I've been quite enjoying the new Blink One Eight Two album. I'm not gonna lie, one more time, I don't know what your own personal thoughts on it are, but you know, I thought it was shit. Yeah, hey, I'm with your brother on that one. I I like maybe two or three tracks on it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think he's with me. No, 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 no that, that was me. That was me initially, but I've, I've played it a few times. Man, it's a grow. It's definitely a grow. It's it's definitely a grow. Is it? Nah, uh, there you go. It's fucking soft. It's definitely a grow, right? Um, other than that, again, like we're, we're talking like old bands, and, and yeah. this is probably not even a punk, punk band at all. It was, a, it was one that um, our good friend Ethan Foster put me onto. It was a band called Turnover, and the album's called Peripheral Vision. Okay. Um, and it's a fantastic fucking album, man. It, it just, it, from start to finish, it's just such easy listening. Um, and then the only other band that's kind of new to me that, that I've kind of been getting into uh, is a band that we share the same American label with, Sell Heart Records, is a band called Next Guard. Yeah, they're fucking great. Next Guard. I, I don't know if you've heard of Next Guard. Next Guard? Uh, Next Guard. Next, Next Guard. I would, I would implore you to check them out. Um, one of the newest tunes is called Level 2 Insufferable. Okay. It's a fantastic tune, but, but they've got a, a whole album that, that came out before that. All right, um, Jay, we got to check out Next Scars. And, and it's, it's called Don't Panic from 2021. Okay. Um, it's, it's, I don't know, man. It, it's just like... It's a great, album. it's a great album, man. Yeah, but like other than that, I'm not, I'm not really listening to anything that's definitely current if that makes sense like yeah. I say, I'm a bit of a stickler for all time things but... you know you've just made me like go back on that as well because like off with their heads as well for me like, oh, off with their heads a fucking crazy band yeah we saw them actually yeah, we, we, played, we, we played on the same bill at Manchester Punk Festival um, oh. when was it Easter last year Easter last year yeah that was fucking it was amazing are that, you guys that, playing that, this year at Manchester Punk Festival or no unfortunately not like we we did put our feelers out for it, but apparently there's a... They don't like to let you play two, consecutively. Two, uh, yeah. They don't want you to play two years in a row. So maybe with a bit of luck after the... After the um, after this year. Maybe 2025 then. Yeah, so like after after like the succession of the how the album's been received, maybe we might get, uh, get put on next year. <laughs> yeah, what do you call it? Um, I think uh, Pat from uh, The Decline was talking about it. All right. Um, they're a band from Australia. Was it Pat? Fuck, I don't know. Maybe not Pat. No, I'm... No. Let's just call him Pat for the purpose. There you go. No, I'm trying to figure out they're actually fucking actually playing. Um, maybe they are. I don't know. Um, so... Such a good festival. Yeah, well, Such a great festival. Um, I would go uh, on that Blink-182 conversation we just had. I would take the new Green Day over Blink-182 for sure. Oh, do you know what it is? Like, sorry, but the new, the new, the new Green Day album yeah. fucking sucks as well. Oh, okay, man, that is enough of that jazz. No, it does, man. Like, uh, I don't know. Do you know what? No, honestly, can I tell you the truth? Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. Tell you the truth. Don't, don't ever lie I'm to me. Can't handle the truth. <laughs> Brent, Brent's forgetting that we're actually in a hotel at work right now. Like, <laughs> he can't be shouting shit words like that, man. No, so 
I've literally listened. I think I've listened to about thirty seconds of about two songs yeah. on the new Green Day album, and I really didn't fucking like it. One of them sounds like fucking Pink, <laughs> and it does. It's a direct rip, apparently. Like it's been all over fucking um, all over fucking social media as well. Saying yeah, Jennifer's trying to find the song right now. Oh yeah, we listened to it loud on Sunday, love. It's a, yeah. it's a rip. It's fucking shit as well. <laughs> the Amazing. pink song's better. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right, guys. Sorry, uh, Billy Joe and Mike Durant, when you listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Well, fuck, guys. This is brilliant. I was waiting to talk to you guys. Fuck. I don't know what. Two months now? We've been trying to fucking line this yeah, up? Man. Nah, man. I, we, we know you've had your own shit going on as well, man. We yep. completely understand that. It's all man. good, guys. <laughs> Um, so we've been talking for 40 minutes and, sorry, excuse me, that's the beer, um, 40 seconds. Um, he couldn't short now, we're going. No, no, we're, yeah, no, um, so what you guys are going to do is, uh, give me all the socials for the band. Right, the socials for the band, Brent, do you know them, can you find them? I know socials, ooh. Um, right, okay. Tear your music for. Yeah, so it's Tear your music for Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, God, no, you put me on the spot here, Sean, because I don't usually do social media. I do Instagram, but I don't do Facebook. Well, uh, no one's on Instagram. Facebook, anyways, unless you're talking about someone's death or a fucking pie, so. Yeah, you can find us on fucking Facebook, man. Like, it's just fucking. <laughs> look at and it, it's a picture of fucking four ugly bastards sitting on a <laughs> so on Tear if you, if you can't find us on Tear look for the, the cover photo and it's four fat bastards sitting on a set of steps that does speak for yourself aye that's me I'm the fat bastard wait me and Frenchie maybe he's, Frenchie's Frenchie's looking weird but I'm still fat yeah um, <laughs> Brent looks like Johnny Depp and Jack just looks like a fucking idiot. So, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing, guys. Uh, so, uh, give me the uh, socials for the... Uh, that was only joke. Give me the socials for the uh, the record companies that uh, put out your fantastic music. So, it's Little Rocket Records. Um, I would imagine that the band camp would be band camp forward slash Little Rocket Records or yeah. LLR. Uh, L L O R. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? Have you got it there? Um, well, honestly, um, Little Rocket Records. We can't, we can't find it. It's, it's got to be Little Rocket Records. Or um, Sell the Heart Records, yeah. All right, guys. Um, stay on the line. It was fucking great talking with you guys and lots of jokes and lots of laughs. Awesome. Cheers for having us. Yeah, you too, man. All right, cheers.